1: old Jessica Simpson.
0: Uh, resist- uh, Coming up, Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. So
1: with Ashley Simpson, I'm so baby,
0: I am so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls.
1: to take a peek into the lives of the Simpson sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessicast. This is Autobiography Part 2. Last week we got into the making of Autobiography and the initial release of Pieces of Me, which was a smash single, and then the Ashley Simpson show, which will go down in history as one of the best launches of a new artist leading up to autobiography, going straight to number one on the charts and implanting into all of our hearts. I did not mean to rhyme right there, but hey, it happened, so I'm going with it. Reviews on the album were mixed, but the fan response was massive and the sales were huge. Ashley became the it girl of the moment, at least in the music world. A lot of people in the media started to acknowledge that there was a shift happening. First, people thought of Ashley as just riding Jessica's coattails. They kind of looked down on her for not earning. Her place in the music industry on her own and just kind of being handed a record deal. But as we got into in the last episode, that wasn't really true. She had spent years before her album came out experimenting and writing with Stan Frazier and Steve Fox and really finding the sound that she wanted to go with. The high powered, music industry producers that she ended up working with on Autobiography came in and just helped her polish that sound. She fought for her sound to be on that record. She didn't want to be just another pop product. She wanted to be Ashley and she wanted to be true to herself. And that was really paying off because the media started acknowledging, hey, wait, she's actually doing better than Jessica when Jessica first came out. Because Jessica's record label wouldn't really let her be true to herself and instead insisted on this Britney Spears clone type of image, Jessica did end up falling kind of, again, ironically, in the shadow of Britney and Christina and other artists of the time. It wasn't until Jessica was able to be authentic on Newlyweds that she exploded and had that really, really higher level of success in music and just in the celebrity world in general as a personality on television. Ashley had that right out of the gate because she was able to fight her record label and say, hey, I'm not Hillary Duff, I'm not Avril, I'm not Britney, I'm not Jessica, I'm Ashley. So I'm not gonna make an album unless I can be Ashley. And so right out of the gate, Ashley had success being herself. And staying true to the sound and the music that she had grown up loving and the vibe that she was able to develop with Stan and Steve over a period of two years before the album came out. And so things were going really, really well for Ashley. But of course, we know that unfortunately that didn't last. We do have to talk about the SNL incident today. I don't want to come at it from a place of like it ruined Ashley's career or it ended her career, because that's the throwaway line that people always use. And I think that that's doing Ashley a disservice and is kind of cruel. It's almost like saying, well, all it takes to knock down a young woman with a number one album and a number one show is one mistake. And I don't want that narrative to continue. I want the life must go on, the show must go on narrative to continue instead. Right now, we're living in a time where Ashley returned to the stage with Demi Lovato. If you want to hear the whole story of that, as well as what happened this week with Jessica's launch of her fall collection at Nordstrom in Los Angeles, you have to tune into the episode that I released yesterday. Yes, you guys get two public episodes this week because I had to do a bonus episode with Derek, who is Jessica's biggest fan and Jackie, who is Ashley's biggest fan. Because they were at these events. Derek even was asked to work for Jessica. He was covering it for the Jessica Simpson style Instagram. So go listen to that. It is such a good story and just truly proves how lovely the Simpson family is. And, you know, I don't think celebrities owe us anything by any stretch, but. Doing this podcast, yes, I've expanded to other topics, but I've spent so many hours thinking and talking and reporting on Ashley and Jessica, and it would be kind of a discouraging bummer if it turned out that they were just rude to people or something like that, but they truly treated Jackie and Derek like family rather than fans, and I really feel they go the extra mile with their fans, and it's just such... A lovely story if you're a fan at all of jessica and ashley which you must be if you're tuning into this you have to listen to yesterday's episode i'm telling you it is the greatest story and thank you again to jackie and derek for coming on for that i also want to remind you guys that the ashley and jessica cast is on patreon so if you want episodes early ad free and a whole slew of bonus episodes. I've had the Patreon for a year now, so there's just like tons of bonus episodes that you will get when you sign up. It's five dollars a month. You can cancel anytime. And on that note, let's get back to this story about autobiography. We last left off with me reading the reviews of the album and... Ashley was just about to start filming season two of The Ashley Simpson Show, although if it was up to her, she would not have chosen that path. In August of 2004, Ashley said, "'The show will run for one season only. Jessica may be happy having cameras in her life 24-7, but not me. It's not natural. It ain't healthy. I think a second series would drive me crazy.' And it's interesting, right? Because of course we know that there was a season two of the Ashley Simpson show. And I'm all for Ashley speaking up with her album and doing what she wanted rather than her labels, choices of maybe wanting her to be more like other artists. But as far as the Ashley Simpson show, I do think it was the right decision to continue the show because season two is actually great. As much as I enjoy seeing the making of autobiography and stuff in season one, I feel like season two is really fascinating because you get to see the result of all of that work and all of that time in the studio and writing with Stan and Steve and the planning and figuring out who she is and standing up for herself, you get to see the fruits of that labor. And then also you get to see this terrible SNL incident happen in real time. And then you see the recovery from that as well. And I really love that in the Ashley Simpson show, we get to see, this is one of my favorite moments of the show, is in season two after the SNL incident Ashley and Ryan Cabrera and her friends all get dressed up for Halloween because Halloween was like a week after that and they all go trick-or-treating and Ashley dresses as fat bastard (laughs) I just love her like that's how you recover from an embarrassing moment is you dress up like fat bastard it's genius I like I just I love her and I love that at 20 years old as a superstar instead of going to some swank Hollywood party in a really sexy costume and you know I think that's how a lot of celebrities would have recovered from that right like show up on the red carpet with this elaborate gorgeous costume looking flawless and instead Ashley's a real bitch she went trick-or-treating with her boyfriend and her friends and she wore this big bubble suit and she went as fat bastard. That's why I love her and I really feel that she had to continue the Ashley Simpson show because she was just in the eye of the storm of her fame at this point. She had to continue to show her own side of it and her own perspective on everything. It was just too good to pass up that opportunity and I think that having a second season, was such a gift to her fans because we had seen the whole process of the album and now we were getting to see what happens after. On September 14th, Ashley released her second single off of Autobiography, which is, of course, Shadow. The music video was directed by Liz Friedlander and this song peaked on the Hot 100 at 57, so nowhere near as successful as... Pieces of Me but I think it's because this song isn't as palatable as Pieces of Me. I mean like I said Pieces of Me is one of those like once in a generation perfect pop songs and Shadow deals with more serious issues that not everybody can relate to. A lot of people can. In fact a lot of the time when I have guests on my podcast like I know Jackie specifically and Joel too like they have older sisters where they feel like You know, maybe at times they've been in the shadow or whatever. On the U.S. mainstream top 40, it did a little bit better and was number 14. Of course, Ashley was asked endlessly about shadow and the entire situation with Jessica. And this song always breaks my heart. I think this is such a fantastic song. I think this was so vital for her to express these feelings. I think not only from a personal standpoint, but a marketing standpoint, it was absolutely vital and a genius move to sing about feeling like you're in the shadow of somebody like Jessica because, again, you see Jessica and she's just so perfect on the outside. Like, you know, yeah, she's a person like everybody else, but she really does have that kind of like, she's so beautiful, she's so talented, she's funny, she's sweet, she's successful. Like, she just seems to have it all. And growing up in the shadow of that, I think would be very difficult, especially when you have a first line as gripping as, I was six years old when my parents went away. I mean, how can you turn the song off after you hear that? Ashley was on Regis and Kelly to promote the single. And again, I don't have a clip. If anybody has a good archive of old Ashley interviews, videos, or audio, please, please let me know. DM me at Ashley and Jessica Cast on Instagram. But luckily, once again, I do have a transcript and Ashley said, A lot of people think that shadow is about my sister, but it's really about dealing with myself and dealing with the voice in your head that's like, oh, everything has to be so perfect and I have to be like this. And finding my identity and saying, okay, you know, this is who I am, imperfections and all, and I love myself for me, and here I am. What a mature way to approach that because it is true right because like jessica wasn't doing anything wrong jessica was just existing so for ashley to acknowledge like it's really about dealing with myself these are my demons not hers the new york times asked her if her parents were bad parents and ashley said no i was dealing with my inner demons and my inner voices in my head it wasn't necessarily my parents being bad parents it was just things that i battled with in my head feeling second best or feeling that they didn't love me. But the song saying, guys, I apologize. If I ever put you guys through hell, I love you and love my life. And thank you for letting me be myself, even though I messed up at times. Ashley said that anytime her family listens to the song, they bawl. <laughs> Ashley was asked what Jessica thinks of the song. And she said, when my sister heard the song, she cried and said, that's the most beautiful song I've ever heard. She told me she listens to my CD every night before she goes on stage for her current tour. How cute. How sweet is that? Can you imagine Jessica sitting there listening and like, feeling so emotional and saying that's the most beautiful song I've ever heard, it almost brings a tear to my eye. It's like very, very sweet. Cosmopolitan Magazine asked Ashley, did you dye your hair brown to differentiate yourself from Jessica? Ashley insists that she did not do it to be different from Jessica, which like hilarious, like we all know that that's why you did it, girl. But Ashley said, I did it the day that I finished 7th Heaven. I wasn't going back to the show and I was sick of my hair, so I went to Target and bought a Clairol box and dyed it myself. I still dye my own hair. So I actually do think this is funny because like as an actor, I can kind of relate to this because you have to look like your headshots and especially if you're playing a specific character. I've never been blessed enough to have like a role as big as being a regular on 7th Heaven, but you just really feel kind of trapped sometimes. Like you you don't even own your own body and face and hair and makeup and look like you're you're this other person and you have to look like that other person i can totally relate to like being done with an acting gig and being like ah i'm free now like i can do whatever i want with myself i don't have to be this person anymore so i do understand why she's saying like oh no it wasn't really about jessica i just really needed a change and i had just finished cecilia on seventh heaven and so i could change like i do think there's some truth to that but i mean come on We know why she dyed her hair black. It was one of the most brilliant decisions ever made in the history of the music business. I'm not exaggerating. Like, I literally feel that. Cosmopolitan asked her, in what ways are you and Jessica really different? Ashley said, I will walk up to somebody and be like, I don't like what you said to me. And she's more the shy type. I will walk up to anybody and confront anything. And she's more guarded. Then they asked, how are you the same? Ashley says, we think it's important to be yourself. We're both goofy and we like to laugh and be silly and our hearts are similar. We might get a lot of things given to us, but we like to give and make other people happy. And we both like shopping. As for music, we love Maroon 5 and Nora Jones. They asked, is there any jealousy between the two of you? Ashley said, I'm not jealous of her, nor am I in competition with her. I'm proud of her, and I think that she's proud of me because she knows I've finally done what I've wanted to do, and it took me a while to get there. My music is nothing like hers, so there's no competition there. They asked, Your song Shadow makes it sound like you had a sad childhood. Is that accurate? Ashley says, it's not that I had a sad childhood, but when I was around 14, I hadn't grown into my face yet and I was all awkward and ugly and I had this beautiful pop star sister. So there was a time when I didn't feel great about myself. The song is about coming to the point where I'm like, okay, I love who I am and I'm happy being this person. And I think really that's one of the strongest aspects of the song is that she does not dwell in her pain. Like the song ends with her saying, "You know." Everything's cool now, my life is good, I got more than anyone should, and the past is in the past, and I think that was a really smart and evolved way to end that song. On September 22nd, Ashley performed Shadow on Leno, and Leno was always a big supporter of Ashley, like she performed every single she ever did on his show, she was constantly going back to that show. And this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Ashley Simpson live performance. It is totally authentic. It is so good. Her voice sounds amazing. Please pause this right now. Go type in Ashley Simpson, Shadow, Jay Leno you have to see it. It's so good. She sounds so similar to the record, but you know she isn't lip syncing. You can hear that she isn't lip syncing, but her voice is so good and so strong that it sounds very similar to the record. And it's just a very effective, beautiful performance. Every time I watch this one, I just feel so sad for what was coming because in just a month, whatever credibility that she had was drained away And it's just so sad because most of the time, most of her performances are very similar to the shadow one. Like, I think the shadow one is a step above. Like, I think this truly is, like, her best performance or one of them. But generally, if you just watch a string of Ashley Simpson live performances, she's very authentic. She sounds so good. She's just classic Ashley. She has that same cute personality from the show. And she comes off as such an authentic artist. It's just such a shame. Like, it's a travesty that she's known as being this fake. There are a lot of people that still say that. Like, I do this podcast, so sometimes I'm just, like, talking to someone, getting to know them, and, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, like, well, what what do you, like, to do for fun, or do you have any hobbies? And I'm like, well, I have a podcast, you know, and I'll I'll say what it is and what it's about, and they're like, oh, my God, Ashley Simpson, SNL, blah, 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 and I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about, dude, and I always, like, anytime people say that, I send them this performance specifically, because I'm like, you watch this performance and tell me that this is not an authentic artist that puts everything into her performances, her lyrics, her melodies, everything. So here we go guys, we have to talk about it. On October 23rd, 2004, Ashley was a musical guest on an episode of Saturday Night Live. She was scheduled to perform two songs, the first being her smash single, Pieces of Me, which if you go back and watch, this performance is on Vimeo. Great performance of Pieces of Me. We know that she was lip syncing this because of obviously what happened. We all know she was lip syncing. But I think it's a pretty good performance of Pieces of Me. Like, she sells it. Even though she has to lip sync because of her acid reflux, she pulls it off. It's a good performance. Next, she was slated to perform Autobiography. The host that night was Jude Law. And we see him say, once again, Ashley Simpson. She was supposed to perform Autobiography. And instead... Pieces of Me starts playing, revealing that Ashley was lip syncing. Once again, Ashley Simpson. goes on for a bit longer after that but I think you heard enough it makes me so sad to watch I hadn't watched this in years and I just the part where she just walks off kills me because she looks so defeated like at least during the hoedown she's still being fun Ashley who you know okay I fell on my face but now I'm gonna make a joke and be silly and I think that's a good way to handle things actually But she just looks so, you know, it's like she's going, oh, you know, just kind of walking off stage. It's so sad. And it pisses me off that nobody did anything. I mean, I understand that this was an unprecedented incident. It's not like this had happened at SNL before leading to them knowing what to do in this scenario. But I just feel like Ashley had just turned 20. She was so young. And I wish they had cut out the performance faster or something. I feel like a more experienced performer also would probably have had a better idea of what to do. And I'm not judging Ashley at all because in a situation like this, a lot of the time your brain just freezes and you're like, oh my god, what do I do? But I think maybe a more experienced performer just would have went back into pieces of me, right? Like, that's what's playing, I'm gonna just sing it. You know what I mean? Because, or lip sync it, because you could always just say, oh, it was the weirdest thing. The people at SNL wanted me to do pieces of me again because there was an issue with the first time or something, even though there wasn't. Just, just say that, just do something instead of doing a hoedown and walking off, right? And the band does keep playing pieces of me like instead of walking off or just standing there or whatever, they hear pieces of me start and they're like, okay, like I guess we'll just play this and that's technically what Ashley should have done in that moment but I feel bad even saying, oh, you should have done this or you should have done that because how can I judge? How could anyone judge this 20-year-old girl who had six months of performing experience under her belt? who shot to number one, I mean, I think a lot of people think of that as a dream experience, having an album come out and it going straight to number one, and that is something to envy. But remember, that type of fame and popularity is also a pressure cooker. That type of fame and popularity causes a lot of people to go off the deep end. And I'm just really thankful that after this, Ashley didn't do that. I mean, her career might have never fully recovered, but really thinking all things considered, when you look at Ashley's life today, she has a beautiful life. She seems to be doing very well. It could have been a lot worse. So I do give her a lot of credit for how she did end up recovering later on. It might have been a little silly what she did on the stage, but The way that she's carried herself after the incident, really for the rest of her life, I think has been pretty exquisite. Let's be honest. We all know and all remember what happened next. It was a complete downward spiral off of the level that Ashley had worked so hard to get to. She was like, there's no word for how much this young woman was ridiculed. And the saddest part is that it's. It's not like she hurt somebody or was accused of sexual assault or robbed a store or something like that, like other celebrities have, right? She lip synced and she had a damn good reason for it. Not that you need a good reason to lip sync. I mean, you know, there's a lot of performers that lip sync and they don't have a great reason other than they don't want to do the work. It takes a lot of endurance to be able to sing live and have a performance schedule like a lot of these artists have. And I think there's a place for artists who lip sync. You know, I remember there have been performances where Janet Jackson, who I think is immensely talented, she was very open about lip syncing. Like she didn't even pretend like she was singing because she would do full choreography from beginning to end. And she's like, some songs are more about dancing, especially when you produce dance music. But I think for Ashley, because she had stressed so much that she was an authentic person and that she didn't want to be exactly like jessica and she didn't want to be like hillary duff or britney or any other carbon copy of another artist and we watched on her show her write all of these songs and try to be true to herself after everybody had already said oh she's just somebody's little sister it was like the world just turned around and pointed at her and laughed and said ha we told you you were just somebody's little sister. We told you that you couldn't do this. You didn't deserve this. We knew it all along. And we're just gonna replay this clip over and over again on every single channel across the world. It's so unfair. Ashley was getting compared to Millie Vanilli, who, if you're on the younger side, they were a, I believe a pop R&B duo in the late 80s that got exposed for lip syncing. But they lip synced everything like they actually didn't sing on their album like they truly were a fraud it was this big secret that there were other singers behind the voices that we all heard so not only did they not sing live they didn't sing on their albums either and it was just completely unfair for Ashley to be compared to somebody like that because Ashley only lip-synced this one time which I'm pretty sure is true I know I know for damn sure she didn't lip-sync after it Maybe she had once or twice before, I really don't know. It's very possible because the reason that she had to lip sync and had no other choice was because her acid reflux had been acting up. Now, this was partially her fault because we all saw her go out the night before and wake up and eat tons of acidic Fruits and syrup and pancakes and all these things that could not have been good for her voice. I mean, that girl should have been waking up and drinking some hot tea and that's it, right? Like she really should have been prepping her voice for what is a huge highlight of any artist's career performing on Saturday Night Live. But you know what? This has to do with her being a newly just turned 20 year old girl. How many times did you fuck up when you were 20? Like, just think about that for a second. (laughs) It's funny. I I feel like I was 20 in a different lifetime. You know what I mean? It's I mean, if I was in front of the whole world, I don't even want to know what kind of decisions that I would have made or things I would have done with all eyes on me. Number one album, like forget about it, you know? So again, I'm not going to sit here on my pedestal and look down on her. She's in New York. She's one of the number one artists in the world. She's young. She's with her friends. She's celebrating. How many other teenagers have messed something up? It's just that usually other 19, 20-year-olds, they're messing up their chem exam the next day or showing up an hour late to class. You know what I mean? Like, It's just that Ashley was famous. And when you're famous and you make a mistake, (laughs) you better not be a young woman. There is no worse person to be than a young woman who has just made a public mistake. We all know from people like Britney, Lindsay, etc. You're not allowed to make mistakes. You must be perfect at all times. This incident was covered on two television shows, the first being 60 Minutes, who actually was there at Saturday Night Live and captured one of Ashley's early rehearsals during the day, of course, not knowing what was to come that night.
0: Saturday Night Live is 90 minutes of flying without a net on a Monday. As they Monday, found out last Saturday night, when the musical guest Ashley Simpson walked off the set in the middle of her performance because of a lip-syncing miscue. It stunned everyone, including the man in charge, Lorne Michaels. Has any performer ever walked off the set like that? Um, no. Everything is going smoothly until Ashley Simpson rehearses. When she finishes, she rushes out and darts past us in tears Upset about her voice. Tell me what's happening. Ashley Simpson is uh, worried about her voice. They're worried about uh, her losing her voice, and so they weren't sure whether she would sing at dress. Try and save it for the air show.
1: The other show that covered this is, of course, the Ashley Simpson show. But that did not air until the season two premiere which didn't air until January 26, 2005. Actually, that episode kind of leads up to SNL and then the episode that aired on February 2nd, 2005 showed actually what happened and Ashley's reaction to it and how she recovered and what she did the next day and in the days after. And honestly, God, the pressure put on this young woman, it's like her acid reflux was such an issue, but they didn't give her any time off. Like, I think the whole thing would have been accepted more by the public if she took some time off and, like, canceled some of her appearances after this just to let her voice rest. Instead, they went the opposite full throttle. It was like, Ashley's going to prove to everyone that she can sing. And then she did end up sounding not so good at some of her subsequent performances because she was so overworked, or at least her vocal cords were. I mean, if your vocal cords are so damaged that you cannot perform two songs on a television show, how are you then going to go on this big tour and do all of these things if you don't sit and rest your voice? I mean, Ashley still has a raspy voice when she speaks. She might have done permanent damage like maybe one of the reasons why she doesn't tour and do a whole lot of performing nowadays is because she can't rely on her voice to make it through that's just a theory but I don't know I don't judge the way that they handled it because I just feel like who knows what to do in that kind of scenario and this is why people have stage fright you know. Because it's rare, but things like this do happen. You know, you could have one of the most embarrassing moments of your or anyone's life on stage in front of millions of people. It's completely unfair that Ashley is judged and remembered for this one performance or lack thereof when she gave so many other great performances like the shadow one on Leno that I was talking about and the concert that I saw her perform where she performed from beginning to end sounding awesome and sounding very similar to her record, but still recognizably singing live. I don't remember watching what became the 60 Minutes profile back in the day when it originally aired, but there is a clip of it on YouTube, and I don't want to say that I'm angry with Lorne Michaels for his reaction, but he is, of course, the longtime producer of SNL. He's an industry legend. He claimed that nobody even told him that she was going to lip sync. You can see him watching her rehearsal and she decided that she was going to be completely silent until the show. So you even hear Lorne Michaels explain that to the 60 Minutes host and he says, oh, I think Ashley's having some issues with her voice. So they're going to stop the rehearsal now and save her voice They think they're going to skip the run-through because SNL does a rehearsal, I believe, around 9.30 p.m. every Saturday. That's the final dress rehearsal. And rather than have her sing during that, let's save her voice because she only has to do two songs. So maybe if we just have no dress rehearsal for her and just have her do the live show, she'll be fine. Or at least, you know, maybe not fine, but it'll be good enough to do on the show. And even that... For a 20-year-old girl with not a lot of performance experience, what a terrifying thought that she has to stay silent up until the moment where she opens her mouth and makes sound for the first time in hours live in front of the world. Like, who knew what she was going to sound like? Of course they ended up going with the backing track option. People acted like Ashley was a criminal who had done some terrible thing because she lip-synced, but... If you think about it, it really was the most rational, practical solution to this problem, which is Ashley could not sing due to her acid reflux, period. It actually all makes perfect sense the way that it unfolded. But honestly, at this point with Ashley's acid reflux, a few hours of silence wasn't going to do it. We see on the Ashley Simpson show her meeting with a doctor who comes to rockefeller center to check on ashley and literally he told her you cannot sing this is not an option you cannot sing
0: the day of a saturday night live performance my voice was extremely raspy but little did i know that i was gonna completely lose my voice that day in the middle of rehearsal my voice it's like getting raspy and raspy and i it's like i I almost wanted to just start bawling i basically like, croak. Like, I, I'm grabbing my throat. It was hurting me so bad, and I couldn't believe that this was happening on Saturday Night Live. So, we called a doctor onto the set for Saturday Night Live. I was talking to him, and he told me that I was gonna ruin my vocal cords if I tried to sing on them as swollen as they were. Everybody's conclusion was that I sang to a backing track. And the vocal track comes up for pieces of me but we had already played pieces of me. I didn't know what to do. Like inside, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is live. I was humiliated and so embarrassed and I couldn't believe that this was actually happening. There was definitely people freaking out, Saturday Night Live people, just, you know, people in the room, just everybody didn't really know what to do and you know that everybody's freaked out. I woke up the next day Not knowing that Saturday Night Live was gonna be as big of a deal as it was. I I woke up knowing that it was gonna be a big deal, but not that it was gonna be on repeat on every news station over and over again. (laughs) I've worked so hard for what I have. And because of one silly moment, it might be over. And that's scary.
1: It's such a shame that there's documented proof that she physically was not allowed to sing without destroying her vocal cords that night. And yet still, she's so, so relentlessly mocked to this day. And also, this is not just footage from her own show, right? This is not footage that was spun by Joe Simpson. This is 60 minutes. I think that lends a huge amount of credibility to Ashley's story. Not that I doubted her in the first place because... She had covered her journey with acid reflux on the first season of the Ashley Simpson show before any of this went down anyway. So as fans, we all knew that she had struggled with that. It wasn't hard to believe. In a 2018 appearance on Bravo's Watch What Happens Live, Andy Cohen asked Ashley about the incident, and she took total responsibility
0: for it. Who do you think was responsible for the SNL technical malfunction? Oh, have you... me. Me completely. Um, what happened there was I had a vocal problem. I had two nodes beating against each other, and I woke up and I had no voice. And, and then I should have said, no, I will not go on, I will not do this. And yeah. Would you do the show again if they asked? I, I did do it again, which you nobody did. talks about. Isn't that like, wild? Oh, that, well, that happened? Well, oh, so, you yeah, went yeah. back on? You ta- <laughs> we you don't go, care. You go deep <laughs> in the easy <laughs> show about that experience and I don't don't want to ruin anything but you you talk about how heavily that affected you and how you know it did because I was such a young girl and that was like you know heavy but um for me it made me stronger and you know you know it happens look anytime someone
1: is able to own up to their mistakes and admit that they did something wrong I think it's so it's such a strong move and it's impressive but I actually don't agree with Ashley because You know, there's a saying in the industry, we all know it, the show must go on. And it's a saying that I live my life by because, of course, it's a metaphor for just life in general. You know, the show must go on. Don't give up. Keep it rolling. But it's kind of an unspoken rule in show business that you perform no matter what. Like, unless you're dying, you get on that stage. And I do think that Ashley made the right decision by not canceling because, look, it was 6 p.m. when she realized that she couldn't sing for an 11.30 p.m. show. I mean, yeah, it's New York City, so could they have called in another artist last minute? Probably. Could they have just done SNL without a musical guest and threw in some extra sketches? Of course, there's always a surplus of sketches that end up getting cut from the final show. And maybe that would have been a better move, you know? But Ashley did the right thing in the sense that the show had to go on and she did get up there, and perform. It might not have been the most authentic way to perform, but if you have no other choice but to lip sync or cancel, I do think it's the more professional approach to go on with the show and fulfill your booking and your requirement. Unfortunately, this just went so horribly wrong. Ashley also spoke about what happened on her second reality show, Ashley and Evan, on the E! Network, which was also in 2018.
0: You know, I had finished my album and it was out and Pieces of Me was number one and and all of a sudden, you know, it f- happened and it was like boom and the world like hated me for this SNL moment I had. For me, it was the most humbling experience of my life because the whole world thinks everything that you just put your heart and soul into writing is a joke. And that sucked. But for me, I went back in, I made a second record. It was number one and I made a third record and I toured all these amphitheaters. And I don't even think the world knows that I got to that place. Breaks my heart
1: to hear her say what she said about, after that I released a second record and that one went to number one and I toured the world and blah, blah, blah. And people don't really know that because she's right. As much as I like to put a positive spin on my episodes because I'm a fan of all the people that I cover, she's right. People don't know that she did that. Everyone says, oh, her career was over after that. But that's actually not a fact. Like, her career wasn't over after that. If it was, she wouldn't have had a successful second album, even though, yes, the sales did drop. That's pretty normal of a lot of breakout stars, you know? Sometimes the second album does even better and is huge, but... You know, a drop in sales is not unusual for anyone. So, I mean, I think some of that was because of SNL, but not all of it. I also don't think Boyfriend is anywhere near as strong of a single as Pieces of Me to lead out an album. Like, I love Boyfriend, but I just think that Pieces of Me is much stronger. And same thing with L-O-V-E, which was the second single off I Am Me. Like, I don't think that song is even half as strong as, like, any song on autobiography. And I would have definitely picked different singles on I Am Me and I would have had more singles too of course like she did have Catch Me When I Fall which is what she performed on Saturday Night Live the year after but I don't know there's just so many great songs on I Am Me like Dancing Alone and the title track I Am Me oh I love that I think I think Dancing Alone and I Am Me should have been singles I really really do I wish we could have seen a music video for Dancing Alone I feel like it would have been so like 70s 80s club retro neon vibes that's just what I personally see but we will talk all about IME in the future because you guys know I'm going to cover that just like I'm covering this but it's it's sad you know she's right people don't realize what she did after and I think people <sighs> credit the SNL situation with why she hasn't made much music recently, but I think also a lot of it has to do with the fact that she loves being a mother and she wants to be there for her children. Do I think partially, yeah, she's afraid to get out there and face criticism again? Of course. There's no denying that this really did put a huge, huge damper On her career but I don't think that she's just in hiding because she's embarrassed or anything like that it's been so long and Ashley is such a good sport about it I mean as you can hear in these more recent clips John Shanks who co-wrote many of Ashley's songs and was also her album producer has spoken out many times in support of her and we all know I've been critical of him because I think he said some inappropriate things to a very young Ashley on the Ashley Simpson show But I do love that he stood up for her in this case because he really did say things that were important for others to hear, especially those in the industry. I mean, I don't know if the general public cared about what he said, but I'm sure people in the industry were listening. He said, Here's the thing. Ashley is an artist. She is. She's as much an artist as any one of these. I don't want to curse here, but to me, I've been in the room with all these girls. All of them. Every single one of them, I've been lucky to be around. Ashley earned her stripes on that record. She put in the time. She put in the effort. She was there eight, nine hours a day working her ass off, tweaking the lyrics, and singing, singing, singing. To this day... She would have had a big career. She'd still be doing it. She's talented. She really is. People are just haters. Every time I'm out somewhere or speaking on some panel and people are like, oh, fucking Ashley Simpson, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Trust me, you come in my room and you work as hard as that girl did for 12 weeks. That girl deserved every record that she sold and she wrote every song. She was there and she was a part of it, some days more than others. And like all of us, we have good days and bad. She deserves the success on that record, and if it wasn't for that one moment, and then he trails off. We see on the Ashley Simpson show that Ashley immediately flies to Las Vegas because she was scheduled to perform on the Radio Music Awards. She also called into TRL that Monday, which we also see depicted on the show just to explain what happened.
0: You guys are probably wondering what went down with Ashley Simpson's performance, why she walked off stage and whether or not she lip syncs all the time. Joining me right now to explain actually what happened is Ashley herself. Ashley, I guess, hey, how is it for you to watch that stuff? So embarrassing, you know, it sucks because, like, you know, I actually, that day, I have severe acid reflex. And um, I completely lost my voice at 6 o'clock that night, and my dad was like, I'm sorry, but you have to sing along with the backing track. So that's the first time that you sang with a a guide vocal, is what they call it. Yeah, with a guide vocal. My voice wasn't strong enough, I couldn't even speak, and it was the first time and I made a complete fool of myself. So I... I think I just froze, and, you know, all my fans, like, they know, they've kind of my shows, like, I never, you know, sing to a backing track or anything like that, you know. Watch the Radio Music Awards tonight. I think, you know, that's uh, a lot of the questions that, uh, you know, people might have is, why didn't you just start again from the beginning and do the song that you were supposed to do? I think all of us went in a state of shock, and I was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? I definitely know that the uh, the audience here at TRL wishes you the same, you know, get better, see... It was cool because the fans on the other end were being supportive and uh, it was really nice to hear that. Well, get better and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you perform tonight. Thank you so
1: much. I actually really love how she handled the situation when performing at the Radio Music Awards because, like I said, I was a huge fan of Ashley. So not only did I see the SNL incident live, but of course I was watching the Radio Music Awards. That was her next televised performance. This was so vital. Now, do I think she should have maybe canceled the performance and taken some time off just to rest her voice? Yeah, I think that would have made sense, but it's it's conflicting. I think that you could really go either way with the opinion, like, should she have canceled it and rested her voice or should she have gone on with the show? And, you know, I just argued, well, the show must go on, the show must go on. She performed autobiography on the radio music awards which she had been slated to perform as i said when the debacle happened and she started off by having her band purposefully start playing pieces of me and having her look around and be like wait 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 (laughs) and it was just a joke
0: and now live yes live live on the rms stage please give it up for ashley simpson (laughs)
1: I think humor is always the best way to deal with these situations, which is why I don't understand why people made fun of her so hard for doing that jig and the hoedown on stage. Because, like, that's Ashley, right? That's her fun personality. Like, instead of bursting into tears on the stage, like, she, you know, she had fun with it, you know? Like, she, she did what came naturally to her, which was just to be silly and make a joke. And she did that at the Radio Music Awards, too. And I think it really worked. So I love that moment. And can we talk about how creepy and ironic it is, the lyrics to Autobiography, like, she wrote those before this ever happened, but they completely lend themselves to the whole SNL incident. Like, she says, what others tell you won't be true. Like, oh, that's exactly what it is. People still to this day say this horrible shit about her, and it's just not true. And, you know, nobody's ever seen My Million Subtleties. It's like, yeah, because the world wouldn't let her show her subtleties. Everything has to be you're either talented or you suck. You know, you're either authentic or you're a fraud. You're either hot or you're ugly. You're either fat or you're skinny. It's like there's there's just very little room for nuance in the world in general, but show business as well. Also, when I tell you that this incident did absolutely nothing to deter me from being in love with Ashley, I can't express it enough. In fact, I copied Ashley's look here at the Radio Music Awards uh, multiple times In 8th grade actually I was doing a A dance performance on stage To Me Against the Music By Britney And I wanted to wear Like a sexy outfit But I was in 8th grade And everyone Of course all the adults Around me were like "Um, You need to like Put clothes on So I did what Ashley Did here Ashley's wearing a lingerie top But she wears a t-shirt Under it And that's what I did I bought a lingerie set And I put a black tank top Under it And like the pink lingerie Over it So I was like They can't say That I'm slutty Because I have a t-shirt On underneath this (laughs) And like the skirt and everything. That's how I dress her skirt on stage. Like I dress like that for my homecoming. And then she also has a different outfit that she wore on the red carpet. And I actually think this is one of the nights that Ashley looked the most beautiful that she's ever looked. Seriously, like go look it up. I love her whole look here. I think her whole demeanor was great. She handled it so well. She had humor. And on the red carpet, she talked about how she was bouncing back from this terrible experience. Ashley did an interview with Vice in 2018 and they asked about the SNL situation and she goes, oh, it's okay. You can ask about it. I literally don't care. Like, I feel like we're more obsessed with it than she is. But she says that when she looks back, she sees the way that the media and the world saw this poor 19-year-old girl and wanted to rip her apart. She says, now I want to look back and give myself a hug, especially because I had been in the studio and written that record. So she's saying, like. All these misogynistic people, like, they look down on all these young female artists and act like it's not real music, you know? Like, if you're not Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, you're not an authentic, like, <laughs> it's just so stupid, right? But Ashley saying, like, I differentiated myself a little bit. I wrote all those songs right out the gate. Like, how many of these... Young female solo artists wrote every song on their first record Like none of them or almost none of them Ashley continued I kept writing and wrote my second album It was one of those things where we have those moments in our lives And it's how you react to it that defines you For me it was a fight or flight and I chose to fight The reporter said it secured your underdog status And when your second album went to number one it felt like a win Ashley said totally And I even went back to SNL and sang again no one gave a fuck. One thing I think was cool is that Ashley still went to the SNL after party. Now, the SNL after parties are legendary. They happen every single week after the show and they are just like littered with tons of celebrities and of course, you know, cast and crew of the show and the host usually goes and it's a very big deal to get into like an SNL after party if you're not if you're not a celebrity and you're not a part of the show, it's like When you get into those, very, very cool. And I just think it was awesome that she held her head up high and like went to the after party and was like, yeah, I'm I'm here, bitch. Like I, (laughs) I'm part of the show tonight and I belong here. I love that. Many people criticized Ashley for coming out at the end of the show. As you know, if you've ever watched SNL, the host and the musical guest and the cast stand on the stage at the end of the show and the band plays a couple chords and the host usually says thank you to whoever they want to thank and Ashley blamed her band. Her band, GAMELY, plays on, as you can see, while Simpson fumbles her way through a bizarre jig before wandering off stage. And we thought her sister Jessica had some embarrassing TV moments. What's worse, Simpson decided to pay lip lip service to the disastrous musical moment. Here she is at the end of the show with host Jude Law.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, what can I say? Live TV? Exactly. I feel so bad my band started playing the wrong song, and I didn't know what to do, so I thought I'd do a hoedown. I'm sorry.
1: Really what she should have said in that moment was, I'm so sorry if I disappointed any of my fans. I have acid reflux and I had no choice but to lip sync. I'm so sorry. That would have been a better recovery, but I don't even know if people would have accepted that because people were so vicious and cruel at the time. And again, I'm not going to judge her and look at this little ending speech as some horrible betrayal of her band or irresponsible Ashley pinning the blame on somebody else like I just try to come at the situation with love and think about being 20 and being on a world stage and messing up and what do you do who would have known exactly what to do in that scenario yeah I'm looking back now after I've had 18 years to think about it and I'm like okay this is what would have been the best thing to do But in the moment, I mean, sometimes, you know, I have social anxiety. So sometimes in the moment, I don't even know what to say after I say, oh, hi, how are you to someone? Like, so of course I wouldn't know what to say on the SNL stage, standing next to Jude Law and the whole cast, having to give this two-second explanation because they literally have, it's like 12.59 a.m. and they have no time for you to talk about your acid reflux. You know, it just... I don't know that there really was a recovery that would have worked. And I posted this on my, on the Ashley and Jessica's Twitter, which is just at Ashley Jessica's. And I said, I want there to be a Quentin Tarantino historical revision movie where Ashley Simpson lip syncs without a hitch on SNL and takes care of her acid reflux and never lip syncs again and just has the most amazing career after that because of course if you're not a movie fan he did historical revision in his movies *Inglorious Bastards with the Holocaust and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the uh, Manson Sharon Tate LaBianca murders so I love those movies and he's one of my favorite directors and I just think that Ashley Simpson lip-syncing on SNL and having The aftermath of that, what happened to her, is not quite the tragedy of those events, but, you know, very close. And (laughs) Tarantino just needs to give us that catharsis of seeing everything actually work out much, much better in the end. I just wish someone had been there to advise 20-year-old Ashley on what to do, you know? Someone who is a more seasoned veteran like Lauren Michaels, perhaps, who's literally right there and is present for every single show. I'm not blaming him, but like someone else should have stepped up and gotten control of that situation. Also, I kind of feel bad for Jude Law because no one, I don't remember a single sketch, <laughs> you know, like who knows what Jude Law did on that show? I, I have no idea. Fans have brought up conspiracy theories over the years. Like, was her drummer out to get her? He was the one who was in charge with pressing play and he was supposed to press play on autobiography, but he pressed play on pieces of me. And You know, I don't think that he had anything against her or was out to get her. I think he made a genuine mistake. I'm just disappointed that he didn't act really fast and press, like, stop on pieces of me and then press play on autobiography. You know, like, I don't know what the setup was. I don't know. Maybe he had a laptop next to him or something. I'm not sure. But again, maybe it's experience. Like, maybe he doesn't have as much experience as the guitarist and stuff. Because for me, as a seasoned performer, that's what I would have done if I... Make a mistake because I make mistakes like that happens a lot when I perform, you know. Like, that's just life. It doesn't mean you're not a good performer. People make mistakes all the time, but it's how you recover from it. That's what I wish could have happened, but it didn't, you know, it didn't, and it's not really worth dwelling on it. Ashley was also on the Today Show on the Monday following the appearance, and she explained everything we've already talked about and said I had never done it before. So of course the first time I lip sync it becomes this massive deal and it was something I honestly couldn't control. My drummer who I love and adore accidentally pressed the wrong button and didn't set up the next song. They asked her if she fired him and she said no. <laughs> she said I love him. Everybody makes mistakes. It was definitely upsetting and mortifying. What was so upsetting was now I get comments like I'm Millie Vanilli or something. I write all my own music and I perform all of my own music. For- from my heart and I'm always always singing on any show I've ever done this is a situation where I was in trouble with my voice and we have even in the rehearsal I was singing and all of a sudden I'm holding my throat it was very unfortunate what's even more unfortunate is I'm being compared to that when there's artists even at the award show I did last night that had backing tracks I was like people listen to this your favorite artist is doing this And that's absolutely true. I mean, even sometimes, you know, male rock stars have to lip sync if they're doing certain types of shows. Sometimes it just the sound quality and situation is not working out. And I'm sure there have been other times that we did not hear about that people have lost their voice and decided to lip sync instead. And it just went off without a hitch. So nobody made a big deal about it. It's just one of those things that happens all the time, like literally constantly. But unfortunately, she had to be the one who got caught. On Tuesday, October 26, Ashley posted on her website and spoke directly to her fans. She said, I'm sure you all have figured out how crazy it's been the last few days, but I just wanted to personally write to y'all, my true fans, and thank you for the support and love. I have decided to speak openly and honestly about what happened on SNL because I want you guys to know what really happened. My acid reflux started acting up and I know my real fans know that music and performing is my true passion and you support me for that. I couldn't control what happened that day. I mean, what a crazy series of events. It's like Saturday, obviously, is the show. Sunday morning, she flies to Vegas and has to do this other performance. Like, did her voice even get any rest? And then Monday, she flies to New York to do the Today Show. And then Tuesday, she has more interviews. She has to get on the road because she's doing this little tour with Ryan Cabrera where they toured the high schools. Remember that from the show? It's like... God, give this girl, give this girl a day. Give her one day to sleep and rest this voice of hers. On October 27th, Joe Simpson was speaking at Billboard magazine's What Teens Want conference in Los Angeles, and of course he was bombarded with questions about SNL, and he said, I was definitely surprised by the reaction because she didn't expose a boob, she wasn't doing drugs, she isn't anorexic, and she didn't get married in Vegas. He added, I don't think this will hurt her credibility with kids, they won't care. And I think he's right. Like, with people that were my age and younger or, you know, around the same age, I think we, we just loved Ashley anyway. It just made me love Ashley even more, you know? Because I did see the way that she continued on after, and I think it was really brave of her, as much as I do wish that maybe she canceled a few appearances and got some rest, to, like she described, go into fight-or-flight mode, and she decided to fight. Tina Fey actually said on Conan's show that – she and the rest of the cast members went and hid because it was so embarrassing. They ran in the back and hid. And I am a huge fan of Tina Fey. Like, literally, I cannot tell you guys how much I've always been a fan of hers, but I find that's disappointing. Like, you know, you've got a good, what, 15 years on Ashley? Like, no one could go over to her and offer some support or say, hey, don't worry about it, girl. You'll get back up. You'll get back out there. Like, that's, you know, really upsetting to me. And Conan pointed out how interesting that is that, you know, even though... Tina wasn't the one who made a mistake or was embarrassed like she just caught that secondhand embarrassment that was so strong And Tina said the thing that I felt the most kinship with her was when she did that little hoedown dance of embarrassment I feel like that could happen to me. She's very young I feel like I could be in a situation where I could be so embarrassed that I would do a hoedown dance But I don't blame little ashley. I blame the dad because I don't trust any dad that has a full head of highlights (laughs) That's tina always funny, right? Kevin O'Keefe wrote about Ashley in The Atlantic in 2014 and said, Ashley's disaster revealed her to be a patchwork pop star. Unlike her sister, she was no longer relatable. She was a product of the machine. Maybe that's why Ashley's album sales cratered on her sophomore effort when the wrong track played on SNL, America saw the seams, and they didn't like what they saw. (sighs) Look, there is a certain amount of Ashley as a performing artist that is manufactured. And you can't deny that. But I feel like that was kind of everything that was going on around her right? Like, I feel like that was more Joe and Tina and the record label and MTV. I feel like at her core, Ashley is an authentic artist and she probably would have been better off if she just like released an indie album with Stan Fraser and Steve Fox, right? And didn't enter this machine. For me, it's that kind of don't hate the player, hate the game type of thing. It's like she did decide to enter into this whole thing. So she had to get caught up in the machine. And unfortunately, the machine failed her. So one of the things that I hate the most about this whole incident is that Autobiography was supposed to be Ashley's third single. And because of what happened with SNL, they decided to release Lala instead, which I do think Lala is a good single, but it was the worst choice because Ashley's now in a position where she could no longer ever, ever lip sync again, right? It's like on every single show for the rest of her life, you knew that they were going to be – Watching her every move and listening closely and breaking down the sound elements on their computer and trying to figure out did she lip sync or not So she could not do this again ever and lala is by far the most difficult song to sing on her album especially live like it's just You know, you make me want to scream, right? Like it would be hard for anybody the best singer in the world to sing Why give her a song that she now has to scream Every time she performs, I mean, it it really was a poor decision. Especially because most people didn't even know that she was supposed to come out and do autobiography on SNL. I didn't know that, and I was a super fan. So because autobiography never even got played on the show, like, why not still release it? Like, if you're trying to make up for what happened then promote autobiography as a full single and like really go into it and I think it would have been the perfect song to release because the lyrics do so so beautifully lend themselves to being kind of a defensive confident person after something bad happens to you so Lala was released on November 8th as the third single it peaked at number 86 on the hot 100 which you know isn't that good but it's it's more than I ever had so you know Still, still love Ashley for continuing on, and she just kept on trucking. It peaked at number 28 on the mainstream top 40. Through the Ashley Simpson Show season two, they show her recording this music video and then rehearsing for her performances of this song. And because Ashley's voice is in a weakened condition, and this is the hardest song to sing, they get her band to sing back up so that it has a fuller sound because it just, like, she's does not sound good in most performances of Lala. Like this is not my favorite song by her at all. Like there are things I like about it and I think it's a fun song. And I, I think that this song was written because it is the song that is the most antithesis of Jessica, especially because of Jessica's whole, virginity thing that she was very open and honest about her whole life and this is the opposite right this is Ashley saying she likes to fuck basically in the kitchen on the floor she'll dress up like a French maid she'll role play like you know drink the milk up I want more like girl that is raunchy okay and I think also as a PR move it it just wasn't good because like she needed a song that humbled her to people not a song that was like rah I love having sex <laughs> like it just wasn't it just didn't work and this all culminated at the Orange Bowl in January when she had a very lackluster performance of this song she couldn't hear her band which is the kiss of death on any performance like that's why you have ear monitors like you have to regulate the sound and she couldn't hear her band so she didn't even know if she was in sync with them At this point, like it's January, she's done about a million promotional appearances and performances and her voice is definitely not doing too well and she has to sing the hardest song to sing on her album in front of millions upon millions of people. And this was huge because as fans, of course, we all knew what was going on with Ashley in between SNL in October and the Orange Bowl in January, but your average person who has like no interest in her but did hear about the SNL thing because everybody heard about it. A lot of them are seeing her for the first time since they saw that clip of her messing up on SNL. And this just solidified, like, this was the nail in the coffin. This solidified to people. Oh, my God. She sucks. She has no talent. And, like, yeah, if you were to judge Ashley on this performance alone, it's not a good performance. Like, I'm not going to lie, you know? We've all done it. Every performer in the world has had a really bad performance. This, I think, was worse than SNL. Like, SNL teed it up, but this knocked it out of the park, like... (sighs) It, It still makes me sad to this day. She just did not deserve this. And this being the next single was such a bad idea. And I just wish that we could go back in time and like force her to release something else. Another thing I don't like about this being the next and unfortunately final single off of Autobiography. Oh, it never should have been the last single. There are so many. Every single song on Autobiography could have been a single. Like I could make a case for why every song on Autobiography was qualified to be a single. So it's just a shame that to me they picked the weakest one that was the hardest to sing. And Autobiography is the type of really fantastic record that you should release singles off of for like two, three years and keep touring and performing off those singles. Like, had things been handled differently, I mean... Uh, Gosh, I I just, I don't think Ashley should have come out with I Am Me so quickly. I think it should have been, I think she should have dined out on autobiography for a much longer time because albums like this do not come along every day or even every decade. And we will get into that on our track-by-track review that I do have coming for you as the last episode of this series, so stay tuned for that. The other thing that kind of annoys me about Lala is that Ashley was so demure when she got asked about it. And of course, she got asked about it all the time because it's so overtly sexual. And Ashley would always say that it's a tongue-in-cheek song and that it could be interpreted many different ways. No, it can't. No, it can't. It's about fucking. This song isn't some philosophical, enigmatic track that you have to listen to a few times to really break through the meaning. She's literally saying, you make me wanna la-la in the kitchen on the floor like my girl likes getting it okay and that is completely fine we're all humans i don't understand why america is just so puritanical like it's so funny isn't it this is something we all do well most of us no shade to asexual people but like I mean, this is something that if we had more time, we would probably do all throughout the day, right? Like, we all love doing it. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful part of life. It's how we make babies. It's how we keep the human race going. It could not be more natural. And yet, for some reason, society has conditioned us to be all private and secretive about it, as if it's not something that we all do all the time. I just think that that's so bizarre. Here's what she said in one
0: interview Lala is a song that's very flirty and sexy and it's very to you know? It can be interpreted as the words. Actually, I wrote it because I was singing Lala and it was kind of like a little dance that I was doing around the room. I wanted to do like a song, I didn't have a song on my record that was like sexy or like whatever. I was like, I'm a girl,
1: and I'm feminine, and I can be sexy, so here it goes. (laughs) In another interview, this one is with Hip Online, they asked her, You wrote a song called Lala about sexual fantasies. How comfortable are you talking about that side of your life? Ashley replied, I don't talk about my sexual life. It's something I never wanted to talk about. Whether I'm doing something or not, I'm comfortable with myself, but that's something I keep private. Lala is a fantasy. It's not my real life. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's fine if it's your real life, though. Like, no shame in dressing up like a French maid and, like, you know, banging some guy on the floor, you know? Like, it's fine. That's why I don't understand, like, why is the world so prudish? Of course, because she was singing a more sexual song, a lot of people compared her to Jessica and asked her if she felt the same way that Jessica did about saving herself for marriage because obviously Ashley is not married, but she's sitting there singing about, you know – getting laid ashley said it's amazing that jessica let everybody know she was a virgin and it changed a lot of people's lives but i decided that i didn't want to talk about that because it's super personal if one day i do have sex or i already have i would never tell the world on december 5th popdirt.com reported on the decline of ashley's career they wrote, It appears Ashley Simpson's career went from top of the charts to barely scraping the top 40. After having a hugely successful summer with a number one album and number one single, Ashley appeared to be going into the fall season as pop's new number one singer. But one performance ruined it. How has this affected her, you ask? According to Media Base, the people who tally up the radio numbers, Ashley's new single, Lala, which has gone for ads a few weeks ago, has only gained 133 spins since Monday, and she is at a measly number 40. The song, which was a fan favorite, it looks to lose its bullet on radio within the next week her audience impressions are slightly over six million which is low considering the other songs around her ashley's album has also taken a hit after racking up over three million in sales the album is going on a downward slide and touring her first major headlining tour was scaled down from arenas to theaters and small concert halls the fate of her career is up to the public and right now it doesn't look promising So I wonder if that was actually true that she downgraded her tour from arenas to small concert halls and theaters, because I do know that she didn't play arenas on that tour, but I don't know if she was planning to in the first place. Like even really big stars like Britney and Christina like started out on their very, very early tour dates, like doing smaller theaters and stuff. I even remember, I remember Lady Gaga in 2009, she had a tour date at Terminal 5 and my friend Peter and I, we were on the internet at the moment they went on sale trying to get tickets because we knew they were going to sell immediately. They were only 20 bucks and they did. They sold out immediately. We couldn't get any tickets and the scalpers were selling them for like 500 bucks. It was crazy. So a lot of these really big artists start out in the smaller theaters. So I can't confirm if that's true, but I mean, Ashley never has played arenas, right? Unless it was a part of a bigger like festival or something. So there is some truth to it, even if it's not exactly correct. She did have a couple of wins, though, as we reached the end of the year. During a concert that was broadcast live by AOL Music on December 6th, Ashley performed Autobiography, Nothing New, Love Me For Me, Shadow, Surrender, Undiscovered, Pieces Of Me, Lala, and Santa Baby. The show reportedly had the biggest one-week audience ever for AOL with 1.6 million plays. And this was amazing. I mean, to have, like, high-quality performances of most of the songs on the album – so exciting on december 13th ashley won billboard's new female artist of the year award she beat out jojo gretchen wilson and Ciara. ashley gave a really cute acceptance speech where she once again made a joke about what had happened she said wow i am so so very excited okay first and foremost i want to thank my fans out there thank you so much for your support it means the world to me thank you everybody out there who bought my cd daddy i love you so much Jimmy, Paul, Anthony, everybody at radio for playing my music. Mommy, my sister Jessica, who I love dearly. Once again, my fans. MTV, thank you very much. Oh, and one more thing. If you're ever feeling nervous or you're making a fool of yourself, have a little trick. It's called The Texas Jig. Yes, thank you very much. When she says that you can try the Texas jig, she, of course, performs it in front of everybody and gets a big laugh. This is seen on one of the season two episodes of The Ashley Simpson Show. And I actually cried watching that episode the other night because it's just so disturbing, the way that she made a mistake, she fell on her face in front of everyone. It's so hard to watch this 19-year-old girl just get completely lambasted by the world. And to see her get up on that stage with a smile on her face, accepting a win, especially at something like the Billboard Music Awards, which is based on sales rather than just people voting for you, right? And liking you. It was a big moment. And I think that it was even bigger than it would have been because you do see earlier in that episode that Ashley is extremely disappointed when she gets a phone call from her father informing her that the Grammy nominations have come out and she did not get a Grammy nomination and neither did Jessica. Do I wish Jessica had gotten nominated for In This Skin? Of course I do. But I think Ashley not getting nominated for Autobiography is literally a direct reflection of what happened on Saturday Night Live. Because when you do look at the sales and you do look at the huge impact that Ashley made on young people, something that the Grammy voters are very concerned with, like always trying to stay current and do what the kids are going to buy – and all of that kind of stuff, Ashley should have been nominated. Absolutely she should have been nominated for Best New Artist. At least. I think she should have been nominated for, you know, Best Pop Vocal Album, Best Pop Record. Like, the fact that Pieces of Me wasn't nominated for a Grammy is hilarious. Like, I mean, it's not hilarious. Like, it's it's upsetting. But, like, it's just so egregious, like, to the point where it's a joke. Because Pieces of Me is that incredibly perfect grammy single like it's just so silly that also like with you by jessica didn't get nominated right like if you look at the pop singles that they have nominated historically over the past like 20 to 30 years like the fact that pieces of me wasn't nominated is extremely silly and ashley 100 percent should have been nominated for best new artist if you don't agree just go back and look at some of the best new artist nominees of that era you know, this is not an elite club. This is a very (laughs) questionable club at times, you know? So I don't really care about the Grammys, but I do think that it must have been hard for Ashley because this was one of those moments where I think it probably dawned on her, like this SNL thing, you know, it has those people in the industry that turn their noses up to people like Ashley in the first place, just really cementing their opinion on her of, you know, she doesn't deserve that kind of fame and attention and accolades. The aftermath of the Orange Bowl was almost just as bad as the aftermath from Saturday Night Live. And you can go back and watch the Orange Bowl performance and you can actually hear the crowd booing Ashley, like booing her at the beginning of the song, booing her at the end of the song. It's so difficult to watch. And you just think, like, I, I mean, I've never booed somebody on stage. Like, I don't think I would boo anybody unless they, like, held up a, I don't know, Confederate flag or something like that. Like, I just, I I, I would never boo someone for a bad performance, especially a young girl. Like, you're, you're that upset that you have to yell out boo? Like, why? Just just don't listen to her like I mean I guess if you're at the Orange Bowl you have to listen to the Halftime Act but you know what I mean it's one song like let's just get over it I don't know I just I think it's so mean-spirited and sad she was asked about it a million times just like she had been with SNL and And she told us weekly, it's like people are after me. The thing is, I've only been performing for a short time. I'm not perfect and have never claimed to be perfect, but I'm learning. Every time I perform, I'm growing and I'm taking voice lessons. I am still very young, very new to this business. But one day I'm going to be exactly what I hope to be. To my fans, thank you for sticking by me. To my critics, please pick on somebody else. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) that didn't really happen. They continued picking on Ashley. Even Jay Leno, who we thought was a friend to Ashley because he had her on every time that she released a new song, made a joke about her. And I think that obviously there were dozens upon dozens upon dozens, hundreds of jokes, thousands of jokes made about her. In this era, we're recognizing more and more that these late night hosts were pretty out of line. And it's like these 50, 60 year old men knocking this young girl it just doesn't seem right it wouldn't be right in any other business but in show business for some reason it's it's fine and I'm all for like my favorite comedian of all time is Joan Rivers and a lot of people disagree with that when when I say that they're like really I'm like yeah and the thing is I think she's brilliant and quick and smart and so hilarious and I love that blunt comedy I love that uh straight to the point no bullshit you know New York woman kind of comedy but I just don't I don't like the piling on. There had been an issue with Kelly Clarkson's mic at the Orange Bowl as well. She was another one of the performers. And Jay Leno joked, I guess you know they had two big problems during the halftime show at the Orange Bowl last night. Kelly Clarkson's mic wasn't working and Ashley Simpson's was. (laughs) So, so rude. Ashley had kind of a rough time of it. Halfway through, the crowd was screaming for her to start lip syncing. That just, that broke my heart because... Ashley has given such fantastic performances on Jay Leno and he sits there and has heard every one of them as the host, you know? Like, I just wish he had said, oh, lay off that girl. I've had her on the show. She's really talented. I've heard her sing live multiple times. She sounds great, you know? But that's not what happened. So post Me Too and post framing Britney Spears, Ashley has been one of the young female artists that people bring up in conjunction with those moments as somebody who deserves a reevaluation and maybe an apology there have been a lot of articles and throwbacks and things posted on the internet that definitely give a nod to Ashley I mean if you just search her name on Twitter on any given day there's just a bunch of random people saying Ashley Simpson didn't deserve that or I'm listening to Ashley's album Autobiography this is a damn good album and Why didn't she have more albums? You know what I mean? Things like that. There are always people saying that. And in 2018, after the premiere of Ashley and Evan, which was Ashley's short-lived reality series with her husband, Evan Ross, on the E! Network, Refinery29 published an article with the title, After the Ashley and Evan premiere, let's reevaluate that SNL scandal. And a lot of it is mostly what I've been talking about on this episode already, but I do like what they say here. While the Pieces of Me singer never possessed the talent of a true pop icon like Beyonce, whose first solo album dropped just a year before Simpsons, the Ots star also didn't deserve the absolute roasting and subsequent career destruction she received. After all, in a post me too world, it's impossible to imagine the entire world dragging, then abandoning, a teen girl who was just humiliated on national TV. That's the part that I like. I don't like that they compared her to Beyonce because that's so random and uncalled for. And also, you have to remember that Beyonce was also given the opportunity to become a true pop icon. Beyonce didn't fall on her face very early on in her career six months into her career and embarrassed herself in front of the world and you could say well that's because Beyonce is better and she has more talent etc no what happened to Ashley could happen to anybody okay if you're gonna compare them which is this is silly to compare them so I'm I'm just being a hypocrite here because I'm I'm saying don't compare them now I'm comparing them but Beyonce had years upon years upon years upon years of performance experience by the time she released her solo album not only was she in Destiny's Child but even before then remember those old videos of Beyonce in her backyard doing little performances for the neighbors and her family and stuff like Beyonce had been singing on stages for a very long time prior to SNL like if you're gonna talk Beyonce it's like okay a year into her career that was what the first year of Destiny's Child having a big album like Beyonce wasn't considered a true pop icon then you know it took a while for her to be known as a true pop icon it took years like maybe had this not happened Ashley would be that type of icon I'm not saying she'd be as big as Beyonce because Beyonce has this like ridiculous it's like people almost don't treat her like a human being. It's very the fandom around Beyonce is very weird. Don't come after me beehive. I don't care. But like the way that they treat her like she's almost not human. I wouldn't even want that level of fame and appreciation. I would want to be seen as a person (laughs) like a talented person but a person. But Ashley never got the opportunity. Like her album was such a smash hit and was so good, if the SNL incident hadn't happened, maybe she would have had multiple autobiographies. And maybe she would be considered an icon today. I just find it interesting that even in this article where they're defending Ashley, they're still saying shit like, well, she never possessed the talent of a true pop icon like Beyonce. You know, it's like, well, you're kind of putting her down too. Beyonce wasn't made in a day. It takes a lot for Beyonce to become Beyonce. That's all I'm saying. They also talk about how Ashley was invited to perform on SNL again during the promotion of I Am Me. And everyone does forget about this, which is Kind of sad. They wrote, SNL may have invited Simpson back a year after the lip-syncing scandal, but the move wasn't merely out of the goodness of the series' heart. The sketch series also had a reputation to defend. Michaels stressed after the fiasco that SNL... Had no idea Simpson would lip sync and would have denied her access to their hallowed stage if they had known. That is not true. Like, I hate that he said that. I hate that he was so adamant people don't lip sync on the SNL stage. Britney Spears, like, I'm a huge fan of Britney. I am the stan of all stans, right? But, like, Britney lip synced on SNL literally the year before. I remember when she was. Doing me against the music. Like she 100% lip sync She sung every time live, but also she didn't have acid reflux. You know what I mean? Like it's just not fair to single out Ashley as the one lip syncer on the SNL stage. It's like, no, a lot of pop stars lip synced. And he did acknowledge that sometime if there's a lot of dancing, there might be a backing track, but he never admitted to full on lip syncing on the SNL stage. And it's like, well, maybe he genuinely doesn't know when people are lip-syncing and he would ban that if he could, but also I feel like he has to be a practical person. He is the producer of one of the longest-running television shows of all time, or is it is it the longest-running? I mean, I don't even know, but it's been going on since, what? when did SNL premiere, like 75 around there? So, I mean, he has to be that kind of person who's going to make practical decisions sometimes. And if the show must go on with lip syncing, the show must go on. Like, why couldn't he have stood up for her and said, look, this girl couldn't sing. She has acid reflux. What were we going to do? We wanted to give our audience some type of performance and Ashley didn't want to let down her fans that were tuning in to watch for her. So, She lip-synced. It's not a crime. A lot of people do it. Let's get over it now. You know, I think him saying something like that really could have helped the situation. They also, again, choose to diss Ashley at the same time where they're trying to defend her. They say, while Simpson is far from an icon and seemingly lacks the required charisma, she does not lack charisma. If there's one thing that you can say about Ashley, like, you can be like, oh, her voice isn't the best, which again, you guys know I love Ashley's voice, but I could see someone who's into a more classical type of pop singer voice would say that. You could say, oh, she's not the best singer, but she does have a ton of charisma. Like Ashley's so much charisma. I feel like Ashley's that type of person that just says a few sentences and you're like, oh, wow, like this person has something. But whatever. She's far from an icon. She seemingly lacks the required charisma. It's difficult not to see how the vitriol she faced stems from the same snap hatred Janet Jackson faced that exact same year. Yes, the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction and the Ashley Simpson SNL jig occurred a mere eight months apart. Simpson, a teen girl in a family striving to become a pop cultural dynasty, was tossed off her ascendant pedestal Janet Jackson, an indomitable performer with 10 number one hits at the time and the backing of an ultra-established pop cultural dynasty, was blackballed from an industry her family helped revolutionize, all because they were women who made one mistake beyond their control during a live performance. Yes, I've said this before, but let's not forget, it was Justin Timberlake who ripped off Janet Jackson's top If I was walking down the street and a man grabbed my shirt and ripped it off, who would you blame, me or him? (laughs) Like, I know it's different in a performance because people are like, oh, Janet planned this, Janet planned this, but we all saw with our eyes, he ripped off her top. You know what I mean? And with Ashley, we couldn't see at the time of the performance the reason for the lip syncing, but... They did provide all of this footage. Like I said, backstage, 60 Minutes, the Ashley Simpson show. Everybody saw what happened and what happened makes sense. And yet they still treat Ashley like she was backstage committing crimes or something. And I never thought about the proximity to the Janet incident with this incident. But it makes so much sense that everybody was already kind of in this rhythm of there's a big smash performance and then reaction, you know, because not just negative incidents like the Janet one, but this was a time where we were just coming off of the VMAs being a major thing every year and Britney with the snake and things like that that were sensationalized. And I feel like, everybody was really used to these big performances happening and then the whole world reacting and everybody was super super dramatic (laughs) about it whether it was good or bad and i feel like performances like this were a very major pop culture moment every time they happened again whether they were positive or negative responses and it's crazy because Even like Britney with the snake, now we look back on it as being so iconic and amazing. And a lot of us Britney fans felt that way at the time. But she also got so much hate for that. Like I literally remember going into school the next day and so many people were like, Britney Spears is such a slut. Did you see her with the snake? That was so stupid. Like I remember that. And I feel like it was such a big deal when these women... These icons. I mean, they're saying Simpson isn't an icon, but she was on her way to becoming one with this huge smash album. You know, we would see these amazing female pop rock stars get on stage, and we would either see them ascend to the heavens and be worshiped, or we would see them crash and burn. And instead of having empathy, For a woman whose top was ripped off or a woman who could not sing, physically could not sing and still decided to get up on stage after pressure from I'm sure everybody around her telling her she had to, she got on stage and she still tried to deliver something and instead of us feeling for her, we just attacked her. I mean, I didn't. I'm not taking any responsibility for that because I was a stan and I was like, Ashley, I still love you, (laughs) you know. Ashley's autobiography tour started in Los Angeles on February 18th, 2005 and ended on April 20th in Dallas, Texas. Sadly, I missed out on this tour. I didn't see her until November of 2005. But the set list was as follows. Autobiography, Nothing New, Love Me For Me. Shadow, Harder Every Day, that's a bonus track, Undiscovered, Giving It All Away, Love Makes the World Go Round, Hollywood, which is another unreleased song, Surrender, and then a set of covers, Brass in Pocket, Call Me, and Burning Up. She finished with Lala, and then for her encore, did Pieces of Me. If you went to this tour, please... Please let me know what your experience was. I would absolutely love to hear it. Maybe I'll even talk about it on the podcast. But it got negative reviews, of course, because the critics just weren't going to let it go. Nobody was giving her another chance except for people like me, like people that were my age and younger, you know, real fans that loved Ashley. The Orlando Sentinel wrote, If you believe in happy endings and underdogs that are knocked down only to triumphantly rise again, then stop reading now. The much-maligned Ashley Simpson, whose lip-syncing debacle on Saturday Night Live and grotesque vocal emissions at the Orange Bowl halftime show, have turned her into the new Millie Vanilli. Had a lot to prove at Friday's sold-out concert at the House of Blues. In a storybook finish, she would have banished the doubters. In reality, which is different from reality TV, she offered one of the worst performances to hit this town in recent memory. Clumsy. Clumsy. Brief, perhaps the only redeeming quality, and utterly devoid of musical merit. For the record, Simpson seemed to be doing her own singing, which might be enough to reconsider whether pre-recorded backing tracks are so bad after all. I could never talk this way about another human being. I I don't understand. Like literally, it would have to be that that person hurt me so badly, but I could never, I could never ever write something like this about somebody that didn't do something horrible horrible to me and even then I'm not the type to like publicly lash out back at somebody so I, I really would never do anything like this I don't know how these people sleep at night like it's fine if you're you if it's your job to write reviews like this and you want to write a negative review fine but this is so unnecessarily cruel and brutal and clearly just written more for the entertainment of the reader than to inform them about what this artist did during their performance she's been through enough she is a kid give her a break they continued there are singers that possess one-dimensional voices incapable of holding interest or imprinting a song with distinctive style but simpson's delivery doesn't even rise to that level her voice is cartoonishly awful a combination of blunt bellowing on the rock side and an annoying reedy whisper when she tries to emote In the first half of the 65-minute set, including a one-song encore, Simpsons' voice was a sludgy presence that wasn't distinguishable from the band. Strangely, in songs such as Nothing New and others from Autobiography, it only became clear in the sections that required shouting rather than actual singing. Hey, nobody ever bragged about Britney's voice either, but she always brought along enough production to make her shortcomings less distracting. Unfortunately, Simpsons' faux rock show doesn't offer much else besides the music. Aside from a black and white pinwheel design on the ramp leading from the drum riser to the front of the stage, there wasn't much to look at. After taking the stage in a gold-accented ebony jacket, matching black pants, a t-shirt, sneakers, and Mickey Mouse ears, Simpson did execute a series of meaningless costume changes, adding a hat or a pink feather boa or some spiked heels while members of the five-piece band riffed pointlessly to fill time. Still, the capacity crowd, median age 14, loved every minute, screaming for Simpson as well as the Click Five, one of the two opening bands. That's the whole point, right? The capacity crowd, so she sold out the joint. It's the House of Blues. Loved every minute. But they're 14-year-old girls, so they don't matter as much, right? I'm a big Hanson fan, and I always hear Hanson talking about the sexism that has resulted in a lot of the mocking that they've got over the years. Because if young girls like something or love something and scream for something, that invalidates it in the minds of the serious artists in the music industry, right? And they're completely correct. I mean, even though the Beatles and Elvis Presley were the first ones to get that type of reaction and they are now seen as the best of the best legends of rock and roll, somehow when Artists of today have that same reaction from young girls. They aren't taken seriously. It's like artists are only taken seriously if they really fit into a specific niche of cool. And that does not involve young girls screaming. But this review, I mean, look, they said the key thing. The sold out crowd loved it. Simpson, who fancies herself more of a pretend rocker, was more outlandish, staggering around the stage and crawling suggestively on her belly at one point. When she tripped over the stage ramp and fell in the middle of Lala, however, it didn't look part of the act. Of course, she referenced her recent singing troubles in one of several shout-outs to her most amazing fans. I have had a tough year, she said, introducing Love Me For Me by explaining what she had learned. You don't have to be perfect. It's okay if you mess up. Just pick yourself up and keep going. That message would be more inspiring if Simpson demonstrated the talent that merited second chances. On Friday, her persistence wasn't worth the effort. It wasn't worth the effort for you. But it sounds like a sold-out crowd of 14-year-old girls were probably inspired by their idol saying, look, it's okay if you mess up. Just pick yourself up and keep going. You're not perfect and that's okay. There is a review of her Anaheim show that was a little bit more favorable, They said, In black slacks and a white tuxedo jacket, one of six outfits that she would wear throughout her hour-long show, Simpson paced to the stage, singing with a vengeance while the sold-out Grove of Anaheim audience bopped along. Seguing into nothing new with the help of her five-piece band, complete with a keyboardist and backing vocalist, My Best Friend Lucy, as she would introduce her later, Ashley bounced around like a pinball, an energy level she would maintain for most of the show. This song is about self-appreciation, Simpson said, as she took a breather before Love Me For Me. I've gone through a lot lately, and I learned that you make your mistakes, and people like you guys will always love you if you stay true to yourself. I like that she didn't say the same thing at every concert, right? Like when she's announcing a song. Like, yeah, the gist is the same, but I like when artists change it up rather than having like an exact script that they say at every single show. Especially for me, I'm the type of person I tend to go to multiple shows if I really love an artist on a single tour, and it's just nice when they... They seem more sincere when it's not the same exact words every single time. The crowd roared in support, which seemed to feed Ashley's confidence as her singing got more and more aggressive with each song. After Love Me For Me, Ashley kept on the same theme, delivering her single Shadow while the video aired out of sync on the big screen behind her. Although distracting at times, the screens proved to be a popular attraction earlier as they featured a collection of Ashley's personal photos. Next, Simpson, now in a fedora and vest, treated fans to a track from the European version of autobiography called Harder Every Day, which was written by Goldfinger's John Feldman and had a bit of a punk edge. 2 a.m. and I'm pacing around the floor, she sang as she acted out the lyric. (laughs) Undiscovered followed, bringing the singer to a more emotional place. I had my heart broken so long ago, but I still feel emotional when I sing that one, she said. Ashley then embarked on a short, intimate set that featured parts of Giving It All Away, Love Makes the World Go Round, and an unreleased song called Hollywood, a simple ballad about moving from Texas to Los Angeles. After leaving for another costume change, Simpson returned in a white denim vest, ready to rock out again for surrender, during which she added a few lines from Hole's celebrity skin. I love that. One of my favorite songs. She more than made up for the tease of the cover by playing a medley of some of the songs that influenced her, which included The Pretender's Brass in Pocket, Blondie's Call Me, and Madonna's Burning Up. For the finale, Ashley donned a different fedora, which she tossed off early into Lala, perhaps because it was the song that got her boot at the Orange Bowl, or maybe it's just a hard one to sing, but Simpson seemed to struggle through it a bit, relying on the audience for singing support for the first time of the night. Oh my god. That just makes me so angry and anxious. Like, why? Why did that have to be the next single? Although, this is her tour, so I suppose she would have been singing it on her tour, even if it wasn't her next single, but god. It's just so the not right song if you have vocal issues. The encore began with a video of what was probably the only dance from 2004 more memorable than Ashley's jig. Napoleon Dynamite's auditorium show from last year's movie Napoleon Dynamite. With the crowd still laughing up a storm, Simpson returned in a white dress for a version of Pieces of Me that was easily the crowd favorite and perhaps more notably without catastrophe finally. (laughs) The reviews that were not negative, a lot of them were like that, you know, like they basically just stated what happened at the concert without being rude, but also not really praising her either. So I can't imagine that this was good for morale in the Ashley Simpson camp. I cannot imagine how hard this tour was for her. And also mixed emotions, right? Because it must be so amazing to connect with your fans every night and see them singing your songs back to you. But at the same time, you're getting either mocked or ignored by your peers in the industry. That is where I am going to conclude the episode today because in the future we will be covering and reviewing, of course, all the Ashley Simpson Show season two episodes and then getting into the I Am Me era. So that is where I am going to close out the autobiography era for now. I can't wait for you guys to hear the remainder of this series. I have on two wonderful guests, Michael Kaddosh of the Planet 2000s podcast and Jackie Mendoza, who is Ashley's biggest fan and has spent tons of time with her and the rest of the Simpson family so you are going to get all three of our perspectives on the final episode of the Ashley Simpson show season one titled Ashley Goes Platinum because hell yes she did and then we are going to do a track by track review of autobiography I absolutely just oh I love this album more than I could ever say I hope that I have done it some justice in getting into all of the details of the era. Of course, I couldn't include everything, but please let me know what you think, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you again for listening. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica Cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Capriamoon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica Cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.